Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hi, this is Kevin Kessinger, former Ole Miss baseball player, son of Ole Miss Hall of Famer Don Kessinger, and dad to Ole Miss All-American shortstop Gray Kessinger, and your local community banker with BNA Bank. BNA Bank has invested 125 years in our communities, and we know the needs of North Mississippi businesses better than anyone. As a commercial lender with BNA Bank, my priority is Oxford, and I'd love to help you and your business with any lending needs. Visit www.bnabank.com to learn more. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always. False player. Forever. Welcome into Franchise Player, a site crossover podcast of the Ole Miss Spirit and Inside the Rebels. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. And it's a mailbag edition of Franchise Player because I'm back from South Carolina. David is back from South Carolina. Not the same place. I went to Hilton Head. He went to Charleston. We're back in the saddle, though, and Ole Miss does officially have a men's basketball coach in Chris Spirit. But you already knew that. So let's talk all about it and so many other things. David, how are you? I'm good, Ben. I am good. Actually, I was in Kiowa Island, and South Carolina has always been one of those states where I've just driven through, made a quick stop on my way to the Outer Banks in North Carolina or something. But, man, to stay there for almost a week and soak all of that in. I'd never been to Hilton Head before. It was my favorite beach outside of Hawaii that I've ever been to. Easier to walk on through the football with my girls before my youngest got sick and we spent the entire second to last day in the hotel room. But before that, it was great. I mean, just the stuff on the coastline, Charleston, and Charleston's not even the capital city. Columbia is the capital city. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of podunk places in the low country, if you will, but man, there are a lot of spectacular places and a lot of tourists, tons of tourists and you know you mentioned you had the beach to yourself at Hilton Head it was that way at Kiowa as well but like when we went into Charleston and took the ferry out to Fort Sumter hey man there were lines of three four hundred people all day long not only there but at the aquarium next door all the restaurants the good thing is is you know if you didn't have reservations and one restaurant turns you down, you could walk out the door, go 20 feet, and there was another one that could seat you. Well, I have a bad habit of falling in love with the place on vacation, you know, and saying, hey, man, we should move here to Emily. And this is the first time Hilton Head where she said, man, I wish we could move here. 
that's funny because Ashley and I had the same conversation. Just loose talk, but I could live there. I could retire there. I did have a little bit of FOMO on that Monday when they introduced Chris Beard, did the whole press conference at the pavilion, just like with Lane. And it was actually for the sport that they were making the hire for with basketball. It's Chris Beard in his home, the pavilion. And I did have a little FOMO. And I know that Jared was there for y'all inside the Rebels and Jake was there for us, the Ole Miss spirit. But uh, I kind of wish I was there because this is a big deal. Yeah, you know, and uh, Jared and I had had that conversation last week. Of course, we all knew it was Chris Beard. So on Thursday, I'm like, okay, maybe they do it on Friday morning. Maybe because there's going to be some negative questions and some of these guys are going to parachute in. They'll have the presser Friday afternoon. And if they do, I'll be there with you. Uh, but if not, man, you're on your own. And ultimately, they decided to go with Monday. Um, but, um, you know, the, the hire is what it is. It is exactly what Ole Miss needed. It is what the fan base, for the most part, demanded. And Chris Beard, as we're recording this, is actively putting together his coaching staff. Al Pinkins mm-hmm. is expected to return to Ole Miss to reunite with Chris Beard, who he coached under at Texas Tech when they went to that Elite Eight in 2018. And then spring football practices are coming up. So, so much is going on right now at Ole Miss Sports. Thankfully, me and David are back in the saddle to answer your questions. So let's open the mailbag. Mail time. The the mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Opening the franchise player mail back to answer your questions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. He writes for Inside the Rebels. I'll start with Twitter questions. There's only a few here. What's a realistic expectation on how long Chris Beard stays at Ole Miss? Woo! I would set the over-under at three and probably take the over. He's already had probably the the job of his dreams at Texas. Um. I think he wants to settle in, make good money, and win basketball games. And I think he believes at this time he can do it in Oxford. I was going to set the line at three, so that's good. I don't know which I would take, over or under, but I think three, three and a half is the exact right sweet spot there. At what level of success would you think he would jump? We've got to ask ourselves how much longer John Calipari is for Kentucky. It would take a job of that caliber to make Chris Beard pack his bags and leave. I think Chris Beard fully understands the risk involved in Ole Miss being willing to hire him. But uh, I I think he's appreciative of of getting this job. And uh, I I think that's going to make him think twice about even jumping at a job such as Kentucky, if that comes open. Chris Beard would consider Kentucky. It's freaking Kentucky, but it would be hard for him because I do think that you make a good point. Being the first job, being the one that took the plunge, I think it means something. Um, but Chris Beard, we don't know him yet, and maybe that will be something that doesn't really factor at all because we've had this conversation about Lane. But unlike with Lane, uh, who really doesn't have outside of just taking the job and being the head coach, he doesn't have any real emotional attachment to the place. Chris Beard kind of does because Ole Miss gave him an opportunity. 
when he was at his lowest point, inarguably, in his career. How ironic was it that Chris Beard is introduced as Ole Miss's new head basketball coach, clean shaven? I did wonder if that was a conscious choice. <laughs> I mean, everybody's already talking about fake beards for the first 5,000 that get into the first game at the pavilion and all that stuff. And Chris Beard, man, he's as clean as a baby's butt. Well, you can still do the play on beard and have beards in the stands, just like Kermit wasn't Kermit the Frog, but they did the rabbit rabbit for Kermit when he first came out. Whatever. Whatever you got to do to get fans in the stands. I think fans are actually going to show up because the hire was Chris Beard. Tyler Patrick at Tyler to Patrick. How quick do you think the turnaround is for men's basketball? I think almost immediately. It can be just because of the portal. Okay, you're not having to bring guys in and set them a year any longer. Um, I think Ole Miss fans ought to have big expectations for Chris Beard's first year. Now, tempered expectations, knowing what he's inherited here. But if you see Beard bring in a couple of big time portal guys, I think all bets are off. I think Ole Miss can uh, can be competitive within the SEC. I think that's what your what your ask of him should be. And um, I think he's going to give you that right off the bat. I think it's going to be instant. I would put the over-under for that at 18 and a half wins and probably pick the over because I truly believe, I'm not just saying this, this is not me being a homer or overly optimistic, whatever it might be. I genuinely believe that Jamin Brakefield, as he is now, after a really good year last year, and Matthew Morrell, who has next-level potential and is considered a next-level prospect, can be two key pieces to winning basketball at Ole Miss. It just depends on what else he adds around them. Amari Abram could take a step if they bring him back out of the portal. He's in the portal currently. Or if James White is maybe an evaluation that Chris Beard decides to bring on. He's, he's retained Rashad Marshall, the four-star commitment, and Jordan Burks, the four-star commitment. But you're right, it's about the portal. And if you get a couple of pieces, big-time pieces, that only really Chris Beard could get at Ole Miss this recruiting cycle, this portal cycle, then I think Ole Miss can win absolutely as quickly as possible. Getting Chris Beard was so important. It, it, it's not only his ability as a basketball coach, but it's his ability as a recruiter. And, and more importantly, being able to have the name recognition to get the attention of the big time players in the transfer portal. You know, that that's why you put more value on a Chris Beard than say a Dusty May or an Odom or or someone like that that's been the typical Ole Miss basketball hire. Chris Beard is not typical, period. And um, you know, I, I think it's gonna be a, a gonna be fun to see uh who ultimately is the fan favorite. Because I think Chris Beard is going to be able to rival Lane Kiffin for a lot of this uh, social media stuff. Although Beard is, 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 he comes across as a much more serious guy uh, in terms of personality. What do you make of Lane having not said anything about this? Nothing. You know, I, I was thinking about that over my brief vacation. And, and Lane sent a tweet out a week or two ago basically saying, hey, Dusty May is an incredible basketball coach. And, you know, they were together at Florida Atlantic. Um, and, and, and it wasn't an endorsement per se, but it was pretty much as close to an endorsement as you could get 
Um, I don't know. No idea. I mean, I'm sure they're going to get along, but, um, uh, you know, in, 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 along the avenues that they have to get along, which aren't very many uh, at the collegiate level. But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think Chris Beard is a gigantic, enormous, dynamic personality that uh, if he wanted to, could give Lane a run for his Twitter notoriety money. It could be absolutely nothing, but I do find it interesting. Yeah, you know, and I, and I never saw Lane tweet anything about Chris Beard as an incredible basketball coach. He did on Dusty May. I saw it with my own eyes. Our buddy Brandon Huspeth, is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? Hell yeah. <laughs> OM Hoops HQ. Number one, mm-hmm. any early ideas on what portal targets Beard is honed in on? Oh, yes, of course. Check out the Ole Miss Beard inside the Rebels. We cover each of us recruiting on a daily basis. Ole Miss has reached out to Florida transfer Kawasi Reeves. And other names I've heard include Butler combo guard Jaden Taylor, four-star Donnie Freeman, a 2023 prospect, Texas Tech forward Robert Jennings, and Wofford forward B.J. Mack. Any other names that have interested you that you've heard so far? Yeah, the whole Texas roster once their season comes to a conclusion. Um, I, I, I think that's where uh, you've got to put some attention, right? I mean, Beard recruited most of those guys. They played for him. Um, you know, I, I want to see what happens with Texas. Um, and and I, I would fully expect there's going to be something that happens with Texas. Number two, Beard is a personable guy who can captivate a room. How much do you think he can raise the hoops NIL profile by winning people over in the community. I think that's where, where he's going to have one of his greatest strengths. I think that's why you and I have kind of uh, spoken about how he's the perfect candidate for Ole Miss basketball right now for so long, for weeks, when it really seemed as if Ole Miss was focusing, zoning in on whatever you want to say, on Chris Beard above all other candidates, and then ultimately hired him. Last year, I think Ole Miss was short for sure of $1 million in NIL money for basketball with Kermit Davis. I, I feel like the ask from Chris Beard will be no less than $2 million, and he feels confident he'll get it, and he should. Yeah, and, and I would say he's probably already been promised that. And, um, you know, you don't get Chris Beard if you're not going to give Chris Beard the necessary weapons to be successful. And NIL money is, is part of that. It has to be nowadays. And uh, so Beard's going to have all the NIL money he, he can help. And, you know, where does it come from? It, it's going to come from some basketball-specific boosters. Um, they're, they're not going to take money away from Lane, so nobody even needs to think that. But um, this is going to be new money that's raised, and uh, it will be raised and it will be utilized. Go to the Ole Miss Spirit message board, omspirit.com, affiliate of on three. From forward Rebel, is Keith Carter the boldest AD in America, David? No, I'm not going to say that. Um, but, man, he's got some cojones, doesn't he? he he's, he's made some good moves. And, 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 look, I don't think you can just credit Keith with that, although he deserves all the credit in the world. You've also got to credit uh, Dr. Glenn Boyce, the, the chancellor for the University of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. He is the guy that ultimately all this falls upon, okay? Um, it's going to hit Keith if, if it hits anybody first, but then it's coming after boys. History shows us that. 
And Dr. Boyce, I mean, I mean look, read, read the guy's bio. He met his wife at an Ole Miss basketball game. We don't have to tell you anything about Keith Carter's history with Ole Miss basketball. I mean, if, if you look up Ole Miss basketball in a dictionary, there ought to be a picture of Keith Carter beside it. These guys care about the program, and I think that helped mitigate the risk for them if there is any risk in terms of hiring Chris Beard. In my opinion, I'll say it right here, right now. I'll say it no matter what happens. Glenn Boyce and Keith Carter made the correct choice. Yeah, they're two biggest hires to date, Lane Kiffin and Chris Beard. They got the one guy, and it's not just because all the fans wanted it, but the one guy that could really solve their their short-term issues and potentially pay off long-term in ways that has never really been available to Ole Miss in both football and basketball. So no matter how it ends for either one of these coaches, the fact that Keith and Glenn made these decisions for Ole Miss in the best interest of Ole Miss and their sports programs and where they are, I think um, they deserve all kinds of plaudits and applause for making that tough call. Cause not everyone would have done that. We've seen that with Ole Miss historically, like Ole Miss has had that opportunity before and has failed to, or just, gone in another direction because, oh, we at Ole Miss do it a different way. Well, a different way hasn't worked for so long. And big swings, I'm never going to fault somebody for big swings ever. You and Dr. Boyce on a first-name basis now. I like that. Yeah, we're not. I don't, we haven't even talked before. But anyway, you know, <laughs> Rave Reb, can the mojo for one sport winning big jump to another? Absolutely. I mean, baseballs did great, right? Uh, as good as you could do last year with a national championship. You know, now now it's time for some of that to rub off on football and some of it to rub off on men's basketball. Women's basketball is doing great. Um, I, yeah, I, I think winning is contagious. Uh, whoever made that quote up, they had something there. I believe in it. I, I truly do. The women play in the NCAA tournament tonight, Friday, recording on a Friday afternoon at 9 p.m. Central Time against Gonzaga. Don't know what's going to happen in that game, obviously, but let's assume that Ole Miss gets out of it. Can they beat number one seed Stanford? Yeah, it's an eight-nine game, and look, I mean, one could be eight, one could be nine, and vice versa. Nobody would have any argument there. They're two evenly matched teams. Gonzaga's twenty-eight and four. <clears throat> Ole Miss is twenty-three and eight. Uh, Gonzaga doesn't play in the SEC. Can they beat Stanford on Stanford's home floor? What a what a what a draw that would be. Uh, that would be a very difficult task, Ben. But for, for Coach Yo and her women, this year's team was better than last year's team. I firmly believe that. And, and they've already reached as far as last year's team did, the first round of the NCAA tournament. Can they get to the round of 32? I, I think that's always been the goal this year, to win a tournament game and go deeper into the tournament. So whatever happens against Stanford – on Sunday, assuming there will be a game against Stanford, is is icing on the cake. Um, but this is a team, if they get hot, and Angel Baker's hitting from the perimeter, and Snutter Collins is hitting from the perimeter, and I've seen Maddie Scott turn a game, literally turn a game, in, in the span of two or three minutes. She'll score 10 or 12 points in two or three minutes. Uh, I, I think those are your three keys. Maya Taylor's got to be smart at the point, but Angel Baker, Snudder Collins, Madison Scott, none of those three can have a goose egg tonight 
in the scoring column at halftime. They've all got to be contributing. This is a team that scored from all over the floor and from all different people. They've got to keep that going tonight. Ole Miss has made it through the first weekend of the NCAA tournament in over half of its appearances. They've reached the Sweet 16 10 times, moved on to the Elite Eight in five of those postseasons. So best of luck to them because at least one basketball program right now is in the NCAA tournament. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Your national champions are back for another exciting year of Ole Miss baseball. Show your support for both Ole Miss baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation by signing up for the Pledge Per Win and Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday, allocated into your blue priority point total, and are up to 90% tax deductible. So sign up today by visiting givetoathletics.com slash donate. That's givetoathletics.com slash donate, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. That's Ole Miss Baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, 662-915-7159. And Ole Miss fans, Morgan Wallen is bringing his One Night at a Time tour to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium April 22nd and April 23rd. Tickets for both nights are still available and start at just $78. To purchase, visit morganwallen.com. That's morganwallen.com. BCM, hey Ben and David. I was wondering what is the biggest what-if Ole Miss 
moment in football history? Oh, my God. The we are Ole Miss moment. Look, I, I, I can go right to the 2019 Egg Bowl. Matt Corral and the Ole Miss offense, which my son was uh, the starting center on, drive the length of the field and score a touchdown in the waning seconds of the game, okay? Waning seconds of the game, heroically. Actually scored two touchdowns. A lot of people don't remember the first touchdown was called back on a Mississippi State offsides call where Michael Howard failed to touch the defensive end, failed to touch him. My kid, Eli, snapped the ball to Matt Corral. He hit somebody in the end zone for a touchdown. It didn't count because Howard didn't touch the DN, so they ruled unabated to the quarterback the play was dead. So we actually scored twice on that drive. And then we all know what happens with Elijah Moore. And, you know, the PAT is having to be kicked from the, from the what, the 30, 35-yard line? The greatest what if in Ole Miss football history is fourth and 25. Oh my God. Yeah. They no go to the playoff that year if that doesn't happen. Yeah. They go to the Go-off. SEC championship game, play Florida, beat Florida, and then go to the playoff with two losses. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, going back to that 2019 Egg Bowl, and somebody did a story on this somewhere, there were like 800 people's lives who changed because of the Elijah Moore penalty in that Egg Bowl. And that goes from coaching staff changes to players hitting the transfer portal, 800 and something people, Ben, whose lives were changed off of that one play. More from BCM. Also, do you remember Melvin Harris, the 6'7 wideout? I do. I remember Melvin very well. Yeah, we put him on the cover of Game Time Rebels magazine one time, maybe after a spring game or something. He had caught a touchdown pass, but yeah, big Melvin Harris. Certainly remember him. Yeah, BCM wanted to know whatever happened to him. I have no idea. I don't either. Jesse Grandy was also a favorite of mine. It was like he disappeared. He transferred. If Nick Brazel would have stayed at Ole Miss, do you think he would be considered an all-time great? Love the show. Hope you're all doing well. I don't. I don't. Nick had too much off-the-field distraction. Yeah, Um, but if he didn't. If he didn't have those off-field distractions – He had the talent to be one of the all-time greats, no doubt. He'd have been playing on NFL Sundays, maybe even still going both ways, offense, defense. He was a next-level cornerback the minute he walked on campus. Rebel Brad won. What are some strategies besides winning Beard and Ole Miss need to implement to turn our basketball program around? Well, $2 million in NIL money would help. Excitement, man. Excitement. Um, Whoever the marketing people are, better get ready for this. Because um, the, 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 the goal is not for Chris Beard and Ole Miss to play Texas A&M in front of 2,500 fans. I don't care who they're playing early on. It could be Mercer or Mississippi Valley. There, need, there, there needs to be 8,000 in the pavilion screaming, yelling, cheering. Uh, we need a better student section. Not that there's anything wrong with it, um, but – you're going to have more to cheer for this year. And, you know, we, we need to be more famous than Club Red or whatever it's called. Um, you know, just, just get ready, man. Hand those fake beards out because Ole Miss basketball is going to be back whether you like it or not. POW underscore Rebel, do we have an effective punter for spring drills? Fraser Mazin, I think is how he says yeah. it. 
Yeah. Ray, he's been around. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. Is Caden Costa back? He's never gone anywhere. I mean, <clears throat> he was suspended for 10 games, <clears throat> but he's never gone anywhere. Is has the light come on for Trigg? We, we go out there and watch him last spring, and, and he looks amazing. And we get Lane to comment on him, and Lane's gushing, talking about, you know, he was explaining Trigg to Knox and telling him how he was a man amongst boys. And it's like watching an older kid show up at a peewee game and all this stuff, and then he disappears. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, that's not physical ability. That's holding him back. So for me to make a guess on that would be outrageous. I'm not going to guess on it. I got to see it to believe it. He can score 15 touchdowns in the Grove Bowl, and I'm still not going to believe it until I see it on the field this fall. How big is the Ole Miss Pro Day for Zach Evans now? Really, really big. Didn't perform uh, he, combine because of injury. Yeah, it's everything for him. I got an argument the other day. Somebody asked me, hey, what round do you think Zach's going in? I said fourth or below. And it looked like I slapped him. They were like, are you kidding me? Come on, man. He's at least a second-round pick. It's like, no, no, no. Not, yeah, as not far anymore. as talent and talent-wise, yeah, absolutely. Not with how NFL teams – utilize our running backs anymore um i i think he's a fourth round pick or below i'll stick to that that's why he needs to have a good pro day because right now that's his draft expected landing draft position or whatever he has to have a good pro day and i think the like ceiling for him late second round third i think zach ceiling is early fourth round even with a good pro day i do oh, okay raleigh wolf when will we know the 2024 schedule and scheduling system? I've heard rumors, but nothing definite. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know either. Um, you got to get Keith Carter. They're going to meet summer, early summer. They've already had their spring meetings, I believe. So early summer, I, I would guess probably, probably first week of June, maybe. Isn't that when they all get together at Dustin? Sounds about right. It's yeah. definitely summer. Ole Miss yeah. Rev 10, who from the current basketball roster will be on the team next year? I'll say Jamin Brakefield, Matthew Morrell. I think Amari Abrams might come back. Yeah, I do too. TJ Caldwell said on Twitter that he was ready to run it back for a year or two. Uh, I just don't know what conversations have been like with him and Chris Beard. Um, I would expect him to come back potentially if he wants to and Chris Beard wants him, then yes. But it takes two to tango. Yeah, that's really a question. If we tried to give you a definitive answer – we'd be putting the cart way out in front of the horse. Yeah, but to put the cart way out in front of the horse, I think Matthew Morell and Jamin Brakefield for sure. Rebel Rabble, how are you feeling about our pitching staff on a scale of 1 to 10? Rebel Rabble says 10 being rock solid, let's shove, and 1 being dear God, don't make me watch. Well, we're not there yet, but yeesh. One is the One is the dear God, don't make me watch? Yeah, 10 is rock solid, let's shove. Uh, we're, we're at a 4 right now, I think. Yeah, that's about right. What's the number if we get Elliot and or Maddox back? Oh, seven, eight. I want to see Elliot right. though healthy. I mean, he's coming back from yeah. elbow soreness in his pitching exactly. elbow, and that's typically the most terrifying potential injury for any pitcher because it precludes Tommy John surgery. So yeah, I want to see depends, him actually pitch. Depends on how they come back. Rebel Joe, if you were Coach Bianco, what would your weekend rotation be while Hunter is out? That's the problem. It's like right now. Jack Doherty is the only real option for Friday because he's just been in those wars before. He's done it before, but he's being asked to perform a role that 
doesn't particularly suit him because he's not going to overpower you with his stuff. His stuff doesn't play up. Like Grayson Sonia will always start on Saturdays because you're betting on the talent. You're going to ride the roller coaster, and he's going to have some really rough nights, but he's going to figure it out just like Gunnar Hoagland did and be a first-round draft pick in three years. As far as a Friday night starter to get series going, you don't want to like sit back a more talented pitcher. He's a true freshman developmentally by asking him to take on that huge role. So you put Jack in the spot, but Jack just doesn't have the stuff to compete in that way. He's a bullpen guy. It's worse that the offensive issues continue because the offense is supposed to always be there. That's the problem. But to be run ruled against one of the worst hitting teams in the SEC in Vanderbilt on Thursday. You haven't watched Ole Miss softball lately, have you? No, I haven't. The offense is not always there. Ish. Rebel Joe, am I wrong, or do we likely lose every starting position player after this season in baseball? If so, next season looks downright scary. Thanks for all y'all do. Thank you for listening and reading. Uh, TJ McCants is going to be gone. Kip Alderman is going to be gone. Anthony Clarko is going to be gone. Peyton's going to be gone. Jacob Gonzalez is going to be gone. Ethan Leger will be back. Uh, Calvin Harris will be gone. Pretty much everyone but one. There hey, Ben, hey. where are you at on your preseason feeling good about this team defending their national title? Last year, they were 7-14 and 14 in May, made the tournament and won a national championship. So they've more than earned the benefit of the doubt. But right now, it is not pretty, and it's hard to have much confidence or enthusiasm about their turnaround. Oxford is my happy place of all the football transfers. Who do you think will have the biggest impact in the spring? It's hard to define impact in the spring. We, we just talked about Michael Trigg, and, and, and he had one of the most impactful springs there was to have last year, and it meant nothing. And I can tell you with the way Lane has handled spring, it's difficult for us as the media – which makes it difficult for you as a fan to uh, to grasp those impacts. Um, because, I mean, look, you look at your O-line, who's going to be out? Jeremy James is not playing this spring. So maybe then the most impactful not, in the spring would be like Victor Kearney. Yeah, Michael Pettis is not playing this spring. Jalen Williams is not playing this spring. Three of your five, the only starting O-lineman that we know as of right now doesn't have something cracked, beat up, or healing is Caleb Warren. And, and, and then Lane is not going to put Quinshawn Jepkins out there on Saturdays for anybody to see Tote the Rock 20 times. And, and there are a whole bunch of Quinshawn Judkin caliber players. He has no interest in getting injured over this spring. Another one from Oxford is my happy place. Which transfer will have the biggest impact then once the regular season starts? <laughs> the guy that has the potential to, to make the biggest impact and it might happen and it might not happen. He's also got the potential to have the least impact is Spencer Sanders. If he comes in and wins the quarterbacking job, I'd say it's the biggest impact, right? He yeah. has the chance to make the biggest impact this fall. If he doesn't, you know, what a whimper that whole transfer portal process was. Um, so I, that's where I'd start with. I'd start with Spencer Sanders. There are the rare exceptions to the rule. Troy Brown was really good in the spring and in the fall. Oh, of course, yeah. The so Monty Montgomery could come in and be great. He could be, but you know what? I'm not going to say Monty Montgomery is going to be a great linebacker in the spring because it's the second team Ole Miss O-line for the most part. He's going to be working against. And 
I got to see him do it in the SEC. I've seen him do it at Louisville in Division One football. But you got to do it week in, week out, consistently inside the toughest football conference in America. And uh, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to wait to see what happens. Tracer round. Are there any seven foot centers available? We needed one in the worst way. Hopefully coach beard can snag us one. I don't know, uh, but he's adaptable. It doesn't have to necessarily be a seven foot center. He just wants defense guys that can also run the floor and can shoot from three if you're a big. So nubby, do you think we finally start attacking the middle of the field with our passing game? Kiffin and Weiss had success doing this at FAU with Brian at tight end, Will they get back to that with priest corn or trick. You know, I, I think you're going to see more of that. I truly do because, you know, it, it's not just Caden Priestcorn. I can't wait to see him. Um, and, I, and I think he's the kind of kid that is going to adapt well at this level. But no matter what he does in the spring, I don't know what he's going to do in the fall, period. Um, Michael Trigg taught me that. But it's not just Priestcorn. It's Michael Trigg. If he comes on, then all of a sudden you got two dynamic playmakers at the tight end position yeah there's going to be more throwing in the middle of the field uh and it's not just those two guys you got casey kelly who is an experienced veteran uh for the first time i think since lane kiffin's been here the tight end position kind of looks like what he hoped it would look like in terms of uh talent and depth let's turn back to baseball from center point rev should mike bianco anko bianco hire a full-time pitching coach not really i mean that's been the, the question seemingly every single year and it's a fair critique i think i mean carl lafferty who is the pitching coach like mike bianco and mike clement they're all former catchers so i do think there is an argument to be made but you know in the same vein look at the success i mean the overarching success for so long and what they've produced and you could argue that they are really good pitching coaches i mean lance lynn gunner hoagland doug nikhazy Stephen Head, I mean, on and on. Mark Holloman, Will Klein, uh, Scott Biddle, Bobby Wall. I mean, they have accomplished pitchers. When I was a young Cub sports writer covering Delta State, I once asked Mike Kennison, who is now the athletic director at Delta State, who was then the head baseball coach at Delta State, who did not employ a pitching coach at the time. And I asked Mike, I said, Mike, you know, and the guy he lost as pitching coach was Christian Ostrander, who is a, 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 I guess he's still an assistant down in Southern Mississippi right now, um, but a very successful baseball coach in his own right. I asked Mike, I said, Mike, do you need to get a new pitching coach out here? And Mike Kennison is an intense individual. He looked at me with fire in his eyes and he said, I can coach everything about this game. We're fine. And I left it alone. Yep. I would leave it alone with Mike Bianco as well because uh, he's got a national title under his belt. All right, from DM Harris 7, can y'all break down how much NIL money each of the big three get and how competitive are we with the rest of the conference? Oh, gosh. Football, you're probably top 10 in out the conference. Of 14, 10 out of 14. 14. <laughs> you're right, yeah. I would say that's about right. Basketball, you're last, but I think that you're already seeing an influx of money there. You're not going to get into the top 10 in the SEC. Well, maybe you could because I don't I don't know. The SEC is really strong. Got eight teams into the NCAA tournament. 
teams that historically didn't take basketball all that seriously, like Alabama's number one overall seed, and they're paying real money. Um, but if Ole Miss is able to raise for Chris Beard what he's already asking for, which is around $2 million, then yeah, I mean, I think you, you're going to be at a place where while you're not always going to be amongst the highest earners or or money raisers as far as institutions in college basketball, you can compete because Chris Beard's that good. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. What about baseball? Uh, almost is fine. <laughs> almost is fine. I mean, there's just not enough out. Like, there's not enough like other schools out there like Ole Miss that are as committed to baseball as Ole Miss is to even worry about it because the the interest and the money they'll be able to raise will always be there. That that's a good way of putting it. Honestly, there are about 20 schools in America in Division One where baseball truly matters. We're one of those schools, mm-hmm. and um, I'm with you. I, I think we're fine. That's David Johnson. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and Fleet of Ole Three. Thank you, my friend. We'll do it again. Hey, and Mississippi is still the greatest state in the world. We were both impressed with the state of South Carolina, but I wouldn't live anywhere else in the world. I love Mississippi. We also and, had uh, that vacation beer goggle experience with our trips. To that, South that, that, that's true. Very, very true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Alec Murdoch is from South Carolina, so there's one strike. All right. Thank you, buddy. All right. You're welcome. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>